Obviously, I'm not gonna answer this bitch and keep calling back. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck, Fuck it. I just wanna smoke my weed and drink some of my bitch. They ask me why I am a dog. I said, boy, lights a bitch. That's why I say I'm mad at this world every time I switch this lick. And I hit it extra hard every kind of basic. Yeah. I just wanna smoke my weed and drink some of my bitch. They ask me why I am Dog. I said, boy, life's a bitch, that's why I say I'm at it. This world, every time I switch is me. And I hit it extra hard every time the bass hit. Yeah. Smoke another swisher, higher than a missile. Everything I got to get you. Smoke, smoke another swisher, higher than a missile. Everything I got to get you. Smoke. Shit. <laughs> I really can't. Fuck it. Look, look. Some say I smoke too much, but I'm just trying to get by. Sometimes I smoke too much, and I'd rather just be high. Some say I smoke too much, but I'm just trying to get by. Sometimes I smoke too much, and I'd rather just be high. Fuck it, I'ma spend this money from rent. Bad day at work, and I got nothing else to do but. My next guest has been part of the Seattle music scene for a decade plus and has been in numerous hip-hop groups, such as More Gang and Kingdom Crumbs. It's my pleasure to introduce Jarv D. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Jarv D. Hey, what's happening? Hell yeah, man. <laughs> so the first thing we need to get out of the way is that from my understanding, you've you've been in like hella different groups and stuff. So I feel like there needs to be one interview at the very beginning yeah. where we just like organize all these different groups you've been part of. Like I know like yeah. right off the top of my head, more gang, which is like more gang. And that was actually, yeah. That was the last, like that's what it built up to be. So wow. uh, think of it starting as um uh a kingdom and then uh just broken down the little villages. So um the base of where we started was um, Cloud Nice, a crew that we had um, who, uh, God damn, where I, I knew, ha- we all knew each other, but it's like when you know somebody just from being around the city, but we didn't know each other, but we knew each other, you know what I'm saying? So like we all ended up meeting up. It was like four of us, me, uh, uh, this guy named Michael Stevens was a break dancer, Tayshawn and uh, Germ, who was uh did a lot of he's older and he did a lot of uh um local hip-hop at langston hughes um around a lot of the underground seattle rap shit with like macklemore and all that shit you know what i'm saying so um he was a part of that scene um i used to be in the, the world of popping i used to be a popper and a dancer and shit so um we ended up meeting i forgot how but um 
well, no, I do remember the, the, the time. I think we're, uh, I met up with Mikey. Um, he was good friends with my cousin. Um, we met up at his house and he was like, I got to go down to my house right down the street. I got a studio over there. I'm like, a studio? Okay, whatever. So we ended up going over there. I'll skip over all the details. But um, so that was basically the Cloud Nice house. It was us four. And it was, um, we, we used to meet up there and do music, but also we used to watch a lot of YouTube videos and talk talk about a lot of esoteric stuff. So we're very into space and um, just uh different music just crazy out out the box shit we just always talked about esoteric shit and conspiracy theories and all the other shit so like that one album cover out have, there right um, i brought nacho over there uh yeah so that i mean that's that's a part of it because i'm still you know i'm still uh you know very into uh a lot of different that that shit uh, my concepts for shit is um a little different and always it usually involves space or you know something like that but i brought uh nacho who's my god brother nacho picasso over there with me and he like recorded a record at, at uh cloud nice cloud nice house and that was and we and i recorded a record there too that night and like that was like the starting of really the cloud nice thing so mm-hmm. um it was uh tayshawn and germ had a group called hella dope um and they performed on capitol hill all the time or they're just starting to perform and that's when the capitol hill scene was just a bunch of different uh groups and it would be like you know it it'll be one person that would be in two or three different groups at the same time Damn. like going on like it was just a mixture of uh, a bunch of different uh music acts so that's how i got cool with a lot of people uh in the music scene but anyway so there was a hella dope and then uh mikey and me were just recording our own stuff um so we would just go to the like a lot of the hella dope shows and jump on stage and you know hype them up i was hype man for hella dope um to the point where i was just hype hella crazy and people like when are you dropping some music when are you dropping this out and i'm like nah, i'm just hyping them right now you know what i'm saying i'm doing my thing uh put out a small project um and then uh i brought nacho and my little bro steezy nasa who was um he also had a crew. <laughs> See, it just gets <laughs> deeper and deeper. He, uh, Steve, that's had a crew uh, called Push Gang, was, you know, it was a skateboard crew and shit. So um, me, Nacho, and Steve formed a group called BAYB, Badass Yellow Boys. Um, what is we the, had what's that. the era for all this era? I mean, so like the first group. So this is like first group. So this first group was like 2009. It was in like, Cloud Nice formed before that, but I joined it about 2000, 2009. Um, we did our thing. Hella Dope did our thing. So around, I want to say 2010 is when uh, BAYB was formed. I want to say 2010, something like that. 2010, 2011, maybe. Um, from there, uh, we had that group. Of course, all three of us. Um, then we created More Gang, which put Push Gang, his skateboard crew, and BAYB together. So it made it more reflective, and we added a couple more of our uh, our uh, added Gabby, and you know what I'm saying. So that became uh, into more gang, which me and uh, Nacho started um, the Moors, and everybody knows about. Uh, I mean, not everybody knows about it, but basically the Moors uh, started in Northwest Africa, and they went out and kind of just you know taught science and a lot of shit in different in rural different areas. So I, I kind of had that concept for us. We started in the Northwest, and we're gonna just spread out and do our thing. 
Um, so that's what we basically did. We had people from all around sides of the city, the west side, you know, central, south, and blah, blah, blah. We had people from everywhere. So we're just a collective of artists. We weren't like a super group. We're just a collective of artists that are like, you know, the fucking Wu-Tang Clan. When we do a show, there are going to be 12 of us on stage, oh, yeah. but we're all different artists. So, you know, we used to get it in like that. Um, from there, we had more gang. Uh, and then the four of us from Cloud Nice, um, formed kingdom crumbs and that was a whole group of experimental hip-hop so um we would be on stage with uh um there'd be like two mic it would be four mics uh two keyboards uh maybe a beat machine a voice live so we would all and we'd all swap stations like in the midst of performing and junk. Wow. so that was kingdom crumbs and that was you know the esoteric and all that shit and we had more gang at the same time of course now it's still family but that was extended family of uh cloud nice so cloud nice is the, the uh the home and then birth out of that came more gang and kingdom crumbs um and then yeah so that was like 2000 2012 is when more gang was really established um, when it really started being pushed when I first dropped uh, my first project, The Dopamine. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it just kind of grew off from there. Um, so, yeah, uh, it it's actually, to be honest, before there was <laughs> before there was Cloud Nice, there was a uh, germs group that's a part of uh, Hella Dope and, of course, Skin and Crumbs. And he had a crew called Alpha P, which was like a more gang, but earlier more gang. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, this is like, early years and maybe 98 wow. somewhere around there yeah so it, it was like steps to like we just like burst like it's crazy see <laughs> there we go we finally in an interview just have it all laid out that's yeah yeah i, I hope you can put all that together because i was jumping places but yeah this you know it's it's uh cloud nice uh b-a-y-b uh kingdom crumbs more gang more gang and then you know the artist so who started rapping for first then like you or nacho uh we both uh we both rapped at the same time really to be honest i used to um record myself and uh like back in the day when we were kind of hustling and shit um not kind of hustling we were hustling but uh he would never like I always would have uh it's my god brother so I he always was hella filthy at rapping like but he couldn't write for shit like he just couldn't <laughs> sit down there and write like but he can freestyle like his ass off like I can just like put on a beat and I I'll record it myself I had a laptop and a mic and I just you know record little little shit I'll do but then I'll invite him over and be like hey man just you know we make freestyle songs so I'll make him freestyle a verse then I'd have him put a hook together and then we just make him freestyle all the verses and then come out fucking filthy. He was just flawless at freestyling. Mm -hmm. And he just was known for that even in high school. So um, we've always had that, that uh, ability to do music and shit. We just, I kind of put it in motion. Like I made him fucking <laughs> made him start and start writing to me. He used to be so super frustrated and shit, but still do it. So he had a little apartment on um, airport way uh and i was like fuck well i can't remember the year man i smoked too much um but <laughs> i used to hop through his window and shit and i had my laptop and my fucking mic and shit and record him in this little roach infested apartment and shit man. he had some it was a it's still the apartments are still there on airport way it's raggedy as fuck but you know we were you know doing what we had to do you know what i'm saying yeah. it's it's nasty it's like a fucking jail cell but oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's dope though but you know that's that's like basically where you know he was he got into the shit and the more and more we would do small recordings and shit. And then when I brought him to the cloud, 
to record. He did some shit there. And then uh, eventually he uh, ran into Blue Sky Black Death and started doing his thing with them. Mm-hmm. And now he's yeah. he's, in an even, he's even in a new group now, too. The fucking Cyanide, yes. Cyanide Syndicate. Cyanide, yeah, Cyanide Syndicate, Super Filthy, which is uh, Ken Yada that was uh, in Raider Clan and shit back in the day. So while Raider Clan was going on, more gang was going on. And like, mm. you know, uh, Key's always been around this, you know, while we've been doing this shit anyway. So when Blue Sky Black Death were doing this shit and we're all hanging out, Key was there too doing his shit. And that's how I met him. And he was hella young. He was like 15 or 16 or something. Wow. Like, we, uh, like yeah, so he's he's always been doing his thing. And then, you know, it made sense now, you know, that, you know, they're they're doing that group too. So it's like, hey, see how it evolves? It just evolves into group after group mm-hmm. so yeah when they got that gucci main feature that was so exciting the blue- yeah man yeah yeah just random it's super random and it was like fuck we're doing something we're on to something here mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it was very exciting for everybody so yeah so how did um how did you get associated with like jay park how did that happen uh so how i got involved with uh jay park is actually him just uh i don't know if he googled like Seattle artist or whatever, but he <laughs> hit me up on Instagram and like, I didn't know who the fuck this guy was. And uh, he's like, Oh, yo man, I, I'm really digging your shit. And, you know, I see the movements you got out here and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, got to, you know, when I come back in town, I got to, you know, we got to link up. And I'm just like, all right, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. And like, and I look at his shit and he got like a million followers. I'm like, who the fuck? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, who is this cat, man? Who like, I don't, yeah, had no idea. So, um, he came into town and hit me up and we like me and Avatar like uh, pulled up on him uh, shout out uh, Darko uh, our 28th Ave um, so yeah so he we met up at a restaurant one of his homies restaurants that we actually knew mutually wow. just through Seattle people you know breakers and shit um, so met up ate at his restaurant and we just chopped it up for hella and then we ended up going to a club and um, hung out there and shit. And it was kind of just kept in touch from there. And kind of, you know, he hit me up like, I think we kept in touch for like a year and a half or something. And then he he came up with the offer and was like, hey, man, I'm trying to start this label or whatever. You, you want to, you know, get in? I'm like, hey, man, let's let's, let's do it. And so wow. the, the rest was history from there. And the label was a tire music, tire, something like that? Tire music. Yeah, tire music. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to, there's just... There's so much shit. There yeah, this is. is a wild story. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not even. I left higher music like at the beginning of last year mm-hmm. uh, to do my own thing. Of course, to go back to doing my own shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a cool ride uh, for what we did, and uh, I got to experience Korea a bunch of times, and and uh, yeah, travel a bunch, and like you know, meet a bunch of people and get turned on to soju hella and you know became soju poppy and and ate hella korean barbecue and met some cool ass people everywhere and yeah man it was it was quite a fucking experience hell yeah and you were like were you like the only black person on that record label uh no i mean there was raz raz was on there too Uh, um um, but yeah that was it that was was me and and raz that's crazy and and i mean and to be honest like you know it was noticeable you know what i'm saying like you know 
And performing in front of like, you know, I do I do smoke music. I smoke whatever. Just going to those concerts. I remember one time performing uh, for those type of fans because they're like, you know, they're super fans. Like they love you. Like this is all like some of Jay Park's fans just getting trickled down to you and shit. So K-pop. These are like, yeah, K-pop fans. So they're like, uh, you know, they're loving you, throwing up the little hearts and shit. You know what I'm saying? The cat ears. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, um, I'm like, uh, I remember I was, I think it was the middle of my set. I was like, who all smokes weed out here? And everybody was silent and just looked at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess more for me. So let's go. On. <laughs> like, that's when I knew I was in a different place. I was like, oh shit. Okay. Wow. Nobody. And uh, yeah, I definitely can't say that shit in Korea. Cause I'll really be like, no, nobody's out here smoking no weed, bro. Wow. Uh, but yeah. So <laughs> that's insane. Did, were you always like, yeah. Did you always like enjoy like that type of culture though? Like the Korean culture and like, you know, like you got Funko Pops I, and all I, that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, well, actually, to, to be honest, Funko is totally fucking different because Funko was actually uh, birthed in uh, Snohomish. Oh, shit. And shit. In like 93. Yeah. So that's why they got that that shit out there. So, um, what really even tracked me to Funko was uh, the fact that they had, I'm into uh, late, uh, late 80s early 90s uh just stuff pop culture so you know what i'm saying i get nostalgia from you know transformers or like uh thundercat and, and ghostbusters and shit like that so they had all those characters so i was like oh man i'm on it so that's what got me into that but wow. no I, I i do like um uh the more uh uh korean culture i just like the 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 very respectful how they hand you stuff you know it's just like very respectful everywhere mm-hmm. i'm i'm at 7-eleven handing my debit card and it's like they're you know, putting their hand under their arm and shit. Just, everything's very respectful. Even how when you drink soju, you're at a Korean spot, like you always have somebody pour it for you. Wow. And, you know, it's every it's just very respectful. Um, and just like, you know, uh, being, I've that's the first place I've been out of the country like that, where you go to somewhere and like everybody speaks like Korean. There's no, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Uh, I mean, they have their areas that have like military and shit that's very, you know, Americanized and shit. But being a place that's just totally Korean, it was just crazy. You know, I uh, I made it a point like if I'm some random place, even when I moved to New York when I was like 18, I would just walk somewhere like it didn't matter where the fuck I just walk just to be in a mix of something. Mm-hmm. So I was just walking around Korea and shit and like seeing random shit like. I'm walking around, walking by Subway and Jay's pictures on a Subway sandwich. I mean, uh, on a poster on a Subway sandwich. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm texting this guy like, you on a, you got a Subway sandwich? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 pork though. So I don't think you mess with it. I was like, yeah, I probably won't mess with that. But uh, <laughs> wow. and then I went to the mall and then there's a big picture of him on a Nike uh, ad and shit. And I'm like, dog, I said, you over here, you got a Nike? He's like, yeah. I was like, damn. I walked through there. There's another producer that... uh produce one of my records he has his own fucking little billboard in the middle of the mall i'm like they're killing it out here bro like what like literally hell? like it, it was it's it's crazy to be out there with them because the first time i flew in to korea um like we went into a little underground club and i met some of the cats and it looked like it looked like these guys are like straight anime cats man mm-hmm. when you know uh my guy woody that's when he had like uh different colored dreads and and, and junk so it was like and uh, it was just a bunch of random shit. I was like, this is cool as fuck. I don't know. This is the dark clubs. It's crazy. Uh, I was just enjoying myself. And then I think I performed in the club too. And it was turned to, then we left. And as we were walking, like camera phones started coming out. 
more and more camera phones started coming out. And I'm like, whoa, what the? F-? And then they like they had to put us in the car and like, you know, send us off real Jeez. quick. Like it was crazy. Yeah, man. It's like an icon. Yeah, he's 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 really like the, the the Drake of Korea over there, man. It's no joke. How the hell did that like? I don't even know his timeline at all. Like, when did he start popping off? And like, because he, he's from he's from up yeah, north he's, Seattle, right? Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he's from, from the north end. I mean, you can check out his story, man. There's so many stories on. He he has his own e documentary in jump too. Jeez, go check that out, man. He's he's quite a quite a character. Nice guy, very nice guy, man. That's crazy. Uh, he's retiring, uh, right? Or something? I heard something about that. I, he, I think he, I think he is going to retire soon. Wow. Um, I had that talk with him a, a couple years ago, but I don't know the details on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, uh, I chop with him every once in a while, but yeah, you know, we're on two different things right now. He's a busy guy too. He does a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. So. so what was your trajectory before like joining the higher music label? Like what was your goal? Were you trying to be independent or were you looking for other record labels before that opportunity came up? You know, to be honest, I had, um, I had some offers from other smaller record labels too. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I really didn't have, I just love making music. I didn't really have like, Hey man, I'm going to sign to a record label and do the, like everything was kind of out the blue. It kind of came out. It comes. I, I, uh, I appreciate making music first. So that was the thing. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to build up however I can. I, I would love to do it independent, but to be realistic, a lot of people that say they're independent is not really independent. Mm. There's a machine or force behind them. And that's that's what I learned uh, doing music so much, just uh, learning the game and the ins and outs and seeing the real and the fake, like, part of the game. So uh, me being in the situations were good, but they also taught me shit of, okay, this is why this is the way it is. Okay, mm-hmm. this is, oh, this is the real, oh, this shit is fake. Okay, I get it. I get it now. So I didn't really have... Um, I wasn't too, I didn't have a focus plan of I need to get on a regular level and I need to, you know, go. I was just trying to, you know, kind of figure out where, you know, where my feet were going to go, were going to land and how it was going to go from there. So whatever situation came, I just, you know, played it accordingly. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, man. Do you feel like hip hop, like as soon as you started, was more of a hobby then? Or do you think it was like a dream job of yours always? Oh, it's always been. I mean, I've always been in some sort of music. Um, me being uh, a dancer and I tap dance for years and, you know, I just did a lot of different other shit. So I just, music, it was some sort of music had to be a part of my life. So I just, it always feels like a good outlet and it's just fun to do. It's like, it's like, you know, if you're into building puzzles and you just, you know, sit there and build a puzzle and get a joy out of that. Mm -hmm. I had fun making little cuts and then playing them in the car for myself. Oh, yeah. Or even from friends, like you know what I'm saying. So it was just fun like that. And then I love performing. Like that's always been my shit. And I didn't even have to have like I think I. I mean I one time made a set out of. I don't think I even had a, a record out, and I made a whole set of snippet songs. Like I've, I'm the king of making like a minute and thirty minute a minute and thirty uh, second songs. Like I, could, <laughs> I literally do that. I'd make a hell of snippet songs, and I did a whole like set off of that before, and it just. It was crazy, but I pulled it off. Hell yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. So I like to I like to ask artists who have like gone from being signed to being independent. Like, what are yeah. some pros and cons that like you saw from being part of that and now being independent? Um, the pros I saw were um, uh, having um, a great setup. Uh, I mean, like you know, um, as far as uh, you're not having to do uh, a part of the work. So 
you know, uh, being able to have like a template and then you just put in, you know, fill in where you need to fill in. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, having people to go to for artwork and then having that being taken care of and, um, you know, just being able to give the ideas and then that part being taken care of. Um, and being a collective, I always, it's always better when you're a collective. I think it's, you know, it's good to have a team. Um, you're going to need a team if you want to make it uh, anywhere. Like, always have a team. Me and Casey are a team. Uh, I mean, you know, just having different people do different roles. Because you can't do every, as much as you want to, you can't do everything by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you just, you, you can't. It's just too much to take on. You have to have, uh, you know, uh, plans to add people or get what you need um, at the, the right time. But um, I think that's good, again, being a label, having, you know, different people doing doing you know their job um that's a dope thing uh, i say the bad thing about uh that is of course more cuts you know what i'm saying people need to get paid you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and it's more cuts and in, into your music or whatever like you know it's just shit costs it's not you know it's not producers studio time all that is uh is um you know it adds up that's why i always had my own setup for recording because sometimes you know i you know i do work a, a day job too and sometimes you know i have to work when i can work so mm -hmm. if i need to get up early in the morning and i'm feeling the vibe i want to be able to hop in my studio and then create that or be able to experiment and i feel like doing that um not having that access going to a recording studio you feel like you have to hurry up and do shit i got to get an idea out or you know what i'm saying it or it's not that same idea that i wrote down two days ago like I had to feel for this, but now I get here and it's not what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's, that's why that was. But uh, another thing is too, is um, just knowing what you want to do, um, knowing your character, not feeling like, you know, uh, you're not doing anything out of your character or um, staying true to yourself, man, uh, is a, is a big thing um, that you'll find independently, but still understand you going independent doesn't mean you do everything by yourself. You're still going to need the outlet or um, a team to, to still make stuff happen. You still got to have a couple of people around that you're going to, you know, help you make those moves. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So from I being, mean, yeah. from, from being signed and then like now being independent, like even in that span of like, so you were signed at like around 2016 in my, yeah, right? 2016. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say there. 2016 yeah. just from 2016 to like now just marketing in general has yeah. completely changed even when it comes to fucking that too. even tiktok is a huge marketing platform whether those of kids course. see it or not you know it's yeah yeah it, it different and that's the thing people have to under uh, realize like you know I, I came from when it was like cds and shit that's <laughs> old probably for people but when you know you actually would have cds and mix cds and shit like that and um you know, people would hustle like that. You know, the game's not, you don't sit on the corner and hustle out CDs. It's not that game. People are still doing that, but it's not that game anymore. Mm -hmm. And you got to know uh, how to adjust and be able to, you know, get with the times and still be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of shit is internet. So you need to know, you, you got to learn how the internet game is, how the promotion, where to promote, where not to promote, IG, TikTok, you know what I'm saying? You got to start learning that stuff. So, I think that's uh, another part, important part of music is the marketing because it changes. It changes with time. It doesn't stay the same. Like, 
you know, there's ways to do it. And people get upset and frustrated and be like, man, you know, I, I did all this. And like, well, you got to change your marketing plan to what the the marketing standards are now. Yeah. You can't just you can be in your shell and be mad about it or you can just change what you're doing. So, yeah, a lot of artists get caught up in that. But like it's yeah, proof in the pudding. like um, I always like to use this as an example. Like it's, it's probably one of the best rap songs of all time, in my opinion. The KRS, yeah. the KRS one song of Rapper's Delight, you know, where um, basically, yeah. basically, like one of the first lyrics is like he's after like the chorus. The chorus is like the best part of the song, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's he's and that's like early, or maybe it's late nineties. It's in the nineties, and like he's just completely yeah, yeah, just yeah. like dissing anyone that is like marketing their music. He's like a real rapper yeah. doesn't market their music. Now we fast yeah. forward twenty years and like. Look at like a Takashi Six Nine or a Blueface. Like that's marketing is the whole thing. That is the whole thing. See, that's you know, and again, like you know, all respect to KRS One, but you see why where he stands as far as like you know uh, music as far as now. I mean, people still respect him and, and and they're always gonna respect him for that. But you see how like you know shit just changes. You can't be that guy to be like you know you can't be the grumpy man. Is you know yeah. I I'm the old guy sometimes. Be like ah nah. Nah, fuck that. Blah, that's not gonna work. But you can't be that man. Every every uh, hip hop is a young man's game, and you know they're always looking for the next best thing. So you know if you you've been doing, you might have been hot, nigga, five years ago, and then you know what I'm saying. Now it's just <laughs> like in times have changed. It's not what it was. It's it's not early 2000s when 50 was hot. Like mm-hmm. that was the sound then. The sound changes. You have to. You have to be able to figure it out, like you know what I'm saying, with still being yourself. Mm-hmm. But how how stuff changes, and you can't get mad at it. You just gotta. Some stuff is not for you. Some some younger uh, uh, cuts, what they want to call mumble rap, whatever, it's not for me. But it might be for this kid. That's you know what I'm saying. He might feel it a lot more because it's for him. I didn't come up with that. I came up with a whole bunch of different stuff. Even though I do have my share of new music that I do mess with. Hell yeah. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. It's just that I was I was talking to my friend and artist like Bry- do you know who Bryce Bowden is? Yeah. So I was I was talking to Bryce Bowden on the phone yesterday, and um, he's a Seattle he's a Seattle artist for art- people who don't know. He's been he was like one of my first guests actually, and yeah. he was like saying, hip hop is still such a new genre, but it's so confusing that like you can be an old rock star, you can be an old country singer, to a certain extent yeah. you can even do that with maybe well, even that, pop. Like why can't we do that with hip hop? Well, because the hip hops are, uh, we have the, we hate on each other the most out of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's not, we change it. The shit changes and um, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't, it, it, again, it's a young man's game. So they're looking for the next best thing. So now that old shit is old shit. Nobody want to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Instead of being like, hey, this is the old cut, man. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Instead of rocking to it, they're like, uh, boo, this is garbage. Like it just, I don't know if we just hate on each other a lot more in hip hop or something, but it it's like that. It's just more of a battle of old against new, which in and and rock these kids can get on here and, and and kill a concert right now, and you know people will be with it. Like there's no hatred for Kiss. Mm-hmm. There's no like you know oh Kiss is like there's no rock stars going like Kiss trash blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Nobody want to hear that old shit no more. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I don't know. It's like a competition uh, with with hip hop. I guess like it just seems like that we're more we're more uh competitive than like you know congratulating each other on shit so 
it's weird like that, man. You know what I'm saying? Definitely weird. There's a, it's definitely one of those genres. It's probably one of the main genres that evolves just so drastically compared to any other genre though. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's why it's, it stays on top though, too, because it, it has changed so much and it's so much a part of the, uh, the world. And like, you know, hip hop's on commercials all the time now and shit like that compared to before, you know, that shit wasn't like that. But mm-hmm. now you might see a McDonald's commercial. I mean, of course, you can see a McDonald's commercial with a slapping ass beat on there or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's some sort of shit. So uh, it's, it's the, I think it's one of the biggest genres because it's just crossed over everything. Um, yeah. You know, you know, Pusha T is the one who made the McDonald's jingle? Jingle? I would not doubt that. Yeah, it's I crazy. Not doubt that. He's the one who came with the yeah. I'm loving it thing. That was fucking nuts. He made that. Like, Damn, see? I mean, you see that just right there, man. It's just, that's a hip-hop fact. I did not, I swear I heard that before, but hey, man, thanks for bringing that back up because that's knowledge that I just mm. could not remember. There's a freaking music <laughs> video behind it, too. It's crazy. Shot in like oh, early two thousands. Gotta watch it. Now I gotta now I gotta dig that in. Yeah. Uh, I got I me. Mean, I gotta dig that up because wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the clips were something else, man. Yeah, oh, oh my god. I you know, I just uh revisited um uh, one of the clips uh albums um the other day. Um and I was like, God damn, that was a, like one of the coldest combinations, just having the clips and then Pharrell oh. for production, like the Neptunes, boy, mm. back boy, two thousands Neptunes. I mean, Pharrell's been flipping for years. I mean, yeah. uh, he, I mean, he wrote Rump Shaker and shit. Like all I want to do is like he wrote like, man, his boy's been a part of shit for a long time, and he's just filthy, man. He's a filthy fucking dude. Mm-hmm. Everything he's touched, man, is fucking gold. I can't lie. So, what have you done done lately to like, even before COVID, to like evolve with your music? Um, I, I always well. Uh, I might just be in here making shit even if I don't put it out. Like, you know, I just feel like working and trying different stuff is always like a key to just kind of progression or what you want to do. So experiment uh, with different. Well, to be honest, I mean, and some people know this, but I'm actually working on a house house music uh, project right now. Oh, shit. Um, that's the first first song is actually dropping next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and a, a video is following that too. So, uh, I'm 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 doing some house music, man. You know what I'm saying? It's that's and what's crazy is uh, house music and, and I just had this conversation. House music and hip hop were like evolving at the same time. They were both, you know, uh, you know, house came from you know D.C., Detroit, uh, uh, Chicago, and at the same time, late '70s, um, early '80s. You know, hip hop was rising, and so was uh, you know uh, house music and techno and shit. So it's another side of our music that we're doing. So it's only right that I you know do this shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, me and Casey, like right before me and our interview, like yeah, we're both we're both kind of like stumped on the the whole like Seattle music scene and like how people are still kind of in the same position, asking the same questions of like what's going on with the music scene here. How what is your perspective yeah. on the scene here in Seattle? Um, the the scene here is very uh you know the thing about it, we have a lot of people that have been like deeply in the the whole like hip hop really hip hop scene, like hip hop in, in general. Like we have a lot of people, we have Ish here, that was part of Diggable Planets, and uh, you know, Shabazz Palace is now and uh um uh I mean we have a lot of of uh 
trendsetters here, uh, it's hard to say like what is, especially I, I can't even say COVID is it's weird as hell. Mm. But um, even before that, like we just have, there's no real particular sound here. It's like whatever we kind of create. We kind of are wave starters here, man. Like it's like um, either your wave starter or you're mimicking someone else. So um, it's hard to it's hard to say. I, I I've heard a lot of new good artists though um, coming out to town, um, but it's really hard to say. It's really mixed up compared to like uh, like the old hip hop scene and what it was. Like I've you know started out when it was like Capitol Hill and there was like a whole bunch a whole bunch of different groups, and you aren't anybody unless you can fucking kill a show. Mm-hmm. Then people will notice you. So it was a bunch of groups battling. Like your show had to be fucking. Flop, like tight you know what i'm saying um and nowadays it's not really more about i mean of course you can't do shows but uh it's more since stuff is more uh on the internet it's like more more music now you can have a good song and be trash at performing you know what i'm saying yeah. you have a great song and just be looking awkward as hell on stage so it's it's flipped and i'm interested to see what what it really you know what it's really you know when the light is really shined on over here but it's really mixed up. It's hard to call. It's yeah. It's it's really a stumper. It's hard to call like what it what it really is right now. Mm-hmm. Are you um? How do you feel about the like the progression of the mu- Seattle music scene from like the early two thousands till now? Do you think people are connecting more, or connecting less? Are you like like? I think people are trying. I think people are trying to connect more, and people are understanding. Uh, before there were actually like you know back there there were gatekeepers that you know you know held like knowledge and you know some connects and shit and now it's like i feel like there's more access for you to do it yourself mm-hmm. like you don't you don't need the there's no really no gatekeepers anymore as much as people like to say uh, oh man there's people holding me back and it's like you got to check your own grind now there's no excuse like there's the internet and the internet is a big stage for everybody mm-hmm. so it's like it's all about how you're gonna do it but i feel like yeah man it's um with everything it progresses um it evolves into shit so i i, I mean i feel it's, it's dope that you know people that wouldn't get a chance to be heard back in the day or getting their chance to be heard and it's kind of you know uh only to survive we're gonna make it you know what i'm saying i mean only the stronger can survive i <laughs> messed that whole thing up <laughs> yeah no worries man. <laughs> I, don't know, man. Just, I, I don't know uh <laughs> no but it's like you know uh, uh even in this pandemic man we'll see who survives this you know as far as making music who because you know some people are like we're thinking they can just you know survive off a of, uh shows and whatever and it's like what do you do when you don't have that opportunity to do shows what else do you do are you still creating are you are, did you lose um uh like all motivation because this shit was not motivating I, i'm not gonna lie and be like i was super motivated to make a lot of music mm-hmm. i wasn't but i still push it out like i still gonna you know still do what i do but like for a lot of people you know it kind of this kind of made or or, or broke you you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. the seattle scene is um answer the question see how seen is fucking i don't know it's just it's all over yeah it's a it's a, it's a hard question no one has the answer to it no one no one has the answer to you know the, the progression either. i mean it's it's very nice but since the pandemic hit like i feel like we we're going up and there's still great artists that are coming up it's just we'll see after this sweep of time goes by like you know who's still here and still still going strong so mm-hmm. yeah for sure so when you look at your yeah. group such as you know like gifted gabs and Nacho Picasso, and you've seen yeah. and you've seen what they've done. How does it make you feel that like because you you came up with them and then they're you know selling out in like 
isn't they're in there did they, did they stay in the seattle area or did how was their uh well uh yeah that's the thing about it i mean with with time like you know gab going viral with uh with the blinds on that that cut like you know that's what happens, man. Once you, you know, they pick up on something, you know, it, it could be on at any time or it could be off at any time. You know what I'm saying? Like literally. So like uh, her doing that, it's, it's all, it's all progression. That's what all, all, all this was planned out to be. Like I'm comfortable where I'm at. Okay. I'm not tripping. Like this is, there's no, like, you know, a lot of people would, you know, be mad or frustrated, but like it's your story is your story. Like I feel like the bumps in the road, or uh, what made me like, you know what I'm saying? My story is not over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's people that didn't get on. I said, Rick Ross was probably in his fucking thirties or, you know, early forties when he got on, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how old he is. I'm just making up shit, but <laughs> people uh, get on at different times or, you know, wherever position are, are, are recognized mm-hmm. at different times. So I still feel like my goal has changed since, you know, even starting music, like, before, of course, you know, people were like, oh, I want to be famous and all that shit. Like, I, I don't really don't want to be famous like that. I really don't. I just like to make good. I want to make good music and be able to live off my music. You know what I'm saying? And so that's still a growing thing. I think for me, that's making it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's my idea of making it. For other people, it's different. So it's all in in the goals. Uh, currently now, I mean, Gab uh, is in L.A. and Nacho is in L.A. Uh, too. But I mean, We've been through so much shit. Like at this point, we're like, "Hey, man, I don't care. Like, it's, if it's getting hurt, it's getting hurt. Like, we're we're cool where we're at." So, hey, man, it's. I mean, you know, progression, progression. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, so the fuck what? I'm still doing what I love, right? Hell yeah! And you have this YouTube series, which is actually um very inspiring to me because I'm thinking about starting like a, an actual YouTube TV show series too, which is a Lots in the works for that right now, but um, hey. tell tell everyone about your bitch. I'm hungry. Oh, bitch, I'm hungry. Uh, yeah. So, uh, being an artist, uh, uh, I mean, you you want to do something that I mean. Back in the day, there was no really no stage. Like you never knew an artist for who they are, right? It was just like you knew they make music, and like if you hear they were doing something real, like, oh, they went to a movie. You're like, what? They went and saw a movie? Hmm. Like, they're really doing that shit? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Artists were looking at a whole other standard back in the day. But nowadays, it's like, they want to know what you do, what you like to do. Like, what? Do you, what? who are you? Who are you as a person? Like, you know, and I'm very blunt with my shit. Like, I'm... <laughs> Literally, I'm I'm pretty, pretty blunt and I'm uh, pretty open with the stuff I like and what I like to do. And um, actually, me and Casey came up with that idea um, of shit I like to do. I like to smoke and I like to eat. Like, who doesn't like to fucking eat? And I'm like, shit, we might as well, you know, Casey's like, we might as well start filming this shit. And I was like, you know what? Why not? So, um, yeah, that's how it really came about. And uh, shout out to Clutch Cannabis who uh, sponsors uh, my episodes. So basically, you know, I get um, I get a uh, product from uh, Clutch Cannabis um, and, you know, I smoke and then we go try out different restaurants, which is like the greatest job ever. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. like you can't fucking beat that. That's like, you know what I'm saying? Smoking and trying food. I mean, shit. I just, if I could do that for forever, fuck it, I'd do that. Mm-hmm. And is Clutch Cannabis yeah. a Seattle cannabis shop or? At the dispensary it's actually in um i don't know if that's still considered it's like 
Uh, it's on Rainier. It's like Seattle, Brenton, mm. like right on like, yeah, that cuff. I think it's still Seattle. I want to say it is, but yeah. Dope spot. Check it out. Clutch Cannabis, man. That guy gets the... Hell yeah. So it's, <laughs> plug, plug. it's been like a year now, right? That you've been doing the YouTube thing? I want to say, yeah. I want to say year. Uh, it's been a year, almost two years. I did... Um, oh, wow. I'm just like wrapping up season two. Yeah, we it's I think it's two years. Um we started out um of course uh season one, ten episodes. Now we're on to season two and just doing uh of course still big episodes, but other smaller ones too, where they see, you know, me going to try different foods, you know, even like, you know, like TikTok videos and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I mean doing stuff. So yeah, man, it's cool. It's 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 fun, fun thing to do. Go try out different foods, man. That's and Seattle is the place to do it. And other I mean Portland too. Hell yeah. Um we're trying to highlight a lot of Northwest food. Uh I mean all over wherever I can. I mean, me and Gab did uh a season, uh the first season I did an episode in LA at a Korean barbecue spot, which was dope. Oh wow. So yeah, man. Yeah, it's- check it out. It's my YouTube page. Yeah, I saw your premiere episode today. Yeah. That's pretty that was Oh like- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Shout out ETC, man. We had to go out to Tacoma and and uh, check out some uh, legends, man. It was a good uh, Philly spot. Um, yeah, so we just, you know, ate and, you know, chopped it up. I mean, not all the episodes are going to be like interviews, mm-hmm. but where I feel like it's necessary, necessary to have an interview, I was very interested to see how, you know, ETC was started. And, you know, I'm cool with Umi and them guys and stuff. And just hearing their story is very dope, you know, where he came from. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you always been like tapped into like the restaurant industries around the Seattle area? Like I love food, but I'm honestly yeah. terrible with knowing not, knowing special restaurant yeah, places. No, not at all. I'm not <laughs> tapped into nothing. Like I'll eat something and be like, where, where the fuck we get this from again? Like, you know, Casey kind of has to keep tabs on me sometimes. I'm like, remember what the fuck you ate? Like you ate this, this. And I was like, okay, because all this shit was good. Like I can't even, like, <laughs> yeah, so never... I've never been like super tapped in, but being on Capitol Hill again, um, uh, knowing uh, a lot of uh, the scene and a lot of people that worked at the restaurant, because a lot of, and that's the thing, a lot of the artists were like still like bartenders and worked at a lot of different food spots on Capitol Hill too. So you just like, you know, pull up to a place and eat and, you know, know the fucking bartender and, you know, know the the, the guy serving you and shit like that. So yeah man that's the plug never been tapped in but now now you know i want to i want to be tapped in like that i want people to call me and be like jar we need to come try this try this food and you know fortunately we have been people you know hitting me up like hey come try this restaurant like please we have a we have a spot for you and we got food ready for you so i'm always down for that hell yeah man we gotta we gotta do an episode together i've been actually on my phone i make um let's see what i have so far i actually make a list I'll do it later, but yeah. I, I have I make a list of different restaurants I want to go to, and there's like, yeah, there's crazy. Whether it's like, like I just found out. Let me find this actually one second. There's um yeah man, where is it? There was this. There's this like a, I just looked this up randomly. There's a place that they make like homemade cinnamon rolls in like Woodenville, and they're like oh yeah, yeah. There's just all these yeah. rant because I, I love all man. food. It, to be honest, like there's so much deep shit that's here in Washington, like like that's really like comes out of here and there's other places. But I didn't know it's like the hub for it here. So many food spots. I mean, everything like, you know, Microsoft with Xbox, all this like everything is here. Yes. Like we are we are lucky to have a lot of shit. And it, it's like that in the, the food industry, too. man. it's like, wow, it's 
it's pretty uh mind-blowing sometimes when i find shit that's like wow this came from here yeah yeah shit hell hidden gems it's it's crazy a lot a lot what's your favorite type of food my favorite type of food uh shit i like i'm on the chicken sandwich craze right now but uh of course i love korean i love korean barbecue a lot that shit is just fucking the bee's knees um uh, my favorite food is uh God, I I love so much different type of food. I love Hawaiian food a lot. Um, uh, shit, coarse chicken. That's fucking bad, but you know my mom's chicken is great. Uh, but there's so many. But nowadays, are like there's so many different chicken spots and chicken sandwich spots and like uh, burger spots. That like I I love it all, man. I can't really. It's hard because favorites change. Yes. But then I eat and be like, this is my favorite. I forgot. This is my favorite right here what i mean it's literally <laughs> but overwhelming not, there's so many it is there is so, so i guarantee you can find over five different chicken sandwiches in seattle of different at different places like everybody has like a cold chicken sandwich mm. right? and i'm here for it so i've never <laughs> had a chicken sandwich what never what you never had a chicken sandwich well you have until today well i think it might be closing <laughs> soon but yeah if you have time now Especially going out a little Woody's because they just did one, uh, a chicken sandwich combined with, um, which I might just have to put in the order right now while we talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, I did, I did an episode at this place called Cookies, uh, 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 Country Chicken, and um, they have a spicy chicken sandwich, mm. and of course, mm. Little Woody's already has a chicken sandwich, and they collaborated them, oh, and it's the greatest. Oh. <laughs> this shit is delicious. I had it yesterday, man, and it's fucking good. So. Um, if you <laughs> you might have a little bit of time, but I, I suggest you order order that shit at Little Woody's right now. Um, this is the last day I think today to get it. Um, yeah, man, try a chicken sandwich, or in, in fact, try any little Little Woody's chicken sandwiches, or uh, go to Cookies uh, Country Fried Chicken. They got yeah. Do you know? Do you, you like spicy? Yeah, I'm all in okay. for all food, honestly. Okay, <laughs> good. See, you sound like me. This. <laughs> do you know um? Do you know Bakabak? Yes. I yes. I've been I've yeah. I know but I haven't I don't know yeah. too many like chicken places besides like it's, Korean Korean fried chicken. Oh, it's Korean. I didn't even think about that. It is. Huh? Yeah, man. And if man, Slaps. oh my god, if you like, look, if you ever go to Korea, man, you try. They got they they know how to make some fucking chicken. I don't know what the fuck it is, but they know how to make some goddamn chicken. Oh my gosh. And like the chicken spots are slapping. So if you don't go and eat um, uh, Korean barbecue, go to one of the chicken spots and have you, I don't know if you, uh, oh, are you, you old enough to drink yet? <laughs> I'm 20, man. I'm almost 21. Okay, you're almost there. You're almost there. You're almost, you're, almost, you're almost there. Get you a little bottle of soju. And and eat some of that chicken, man. It's it's a great experience. Oh so let's take that. I'm just. It sounds so. Korea's st- a, yeah, Korea's a drinking culture, man. That's they, they they literally you can drink all night in Korea. Wow. <laughs> I, I just tell you that, yeah, but like I'm going to Korea yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, hell yeah! The food here is just amazing. I'm actually making um, my friend's sister just got into culinary school, and oh, so dope. I'm going over today. And we're making homemade fondue, and like I'm just, hey, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I see the smile in your face, man. You're excited about this, yeah, man. That sounds sounds dope. You guys get to try all the all her food, then, huh? Yes, I'm hella yeah, excited. <laughs> I feel it, man. I definitely uh, will be down for that party. Hell yeah! So also, like, 
streaming through like your um your Instagram pages and your music videos, it seems like you're actually into like the gun culture. Like, tell me more about that. Yeah, so um, I'm very uh, I've always been into guns since I was little. <laughs> Not like I had them, like you know, I was always into toy guns and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I got older, um, I just uh, uh, just as uh, it's a fun fun experience. It's it's a stress reliever, um, and like believe it or not like gun the gun culture like brings a lot of different people together and i don't care about your outlook on whatever you have politics or whatever like gun culture is like it's fun to go shooting like with you know what i'm saying yesterday um we we went up north and uh had like you know ran some drills with some cats and shit and it was like just a fucking multi-cultural group you know what i'm saying um <laughs> me being the only brother but <laughs> But now, nah, but it, it'll put you in a place where normally you wouldn't run into, you know, this person, like, or talk to this person. Um, it's very dope. And I think um, a lot for minorities, I think um, uh, gun culture is not that, um, it's not that, uh, what's the word? It's not that uh, common. It's not that common. Um, but for a lot of, I'm an iron worker too. So um, I work with a lot of uh, different white males and, and, and a lot in, uh uh you know and that culture is just you know you you grow up you know your dad has a gun or you, they go hunting or you know i never you know my dad wasn't a hunter my grandfather you know hunted a lot but my dad wasn't a hunter or nothing like that and you know a lot of uh you know iron workers that i work with like are into hunting and, and guns and stuff like that and i think for minorities it's, that's not a common knowledge for us mm-hmm. and i feel like the more i've learned about guns like i've liked to pass that knowledge on to everybody else that guns are guns are guns it's not um i think you know it's it's they everybody that doesn't doesn't have that much uh, gun knowledge looks at it like oh no don't can't touch guns because they don't know you know you know they, we're big on gun safety and and stuff like that it's not just like it's not about just having a gun and waving your gun and doing all that weird shit mm-hmm. um it's about really knowing how to use it like you know and shooting you know for sport or whatever you want to do it for you know what i'm saying like it's a it's a, it's a fun thing to do it can be dangerous like anything else a sword can be dangerous if you use it the wrong way mm-hmm. it's not guns that kill people it's stupid pe- stupid stupid people with guns that kill people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying um i'm very for uh you know of course not everybody being able to purchase a gun if you you know you have a bad you know you're you got some little mental issues or you know whatever you know you shouldn't be able to purchase a gun but i think everybody else you know uh should have a right to to be able to bear arms you know uh going by the second amendment a very 2a i think it's just you know it's it's uh, it's a knowledge that you know we all should have and you know uh hopefully i'll be able to um uh speak on that more on my platform and you know give that knowledge to people that want to purchase guns and you know never have because it's a nervous experience um, if you've uh, ever gone to a gun shop or had to buy your first gun or whatever, because you don't know what you're looking for. And like the people at the store are looking at you like, why, why are you in here? Like, you don't even, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You're, you know, you don't know anything about guns. You know, you're picking up the gun and you're just, you know, always, you know, the first thing you know, you never aim at anything. You don't want to uh, shoot or destroy or don't know what's behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even you always treat the gun as, as like it's loaded. So you know, even going to try out guns, like, you know, you got to know that that those little bit of details and, you know, people don't. So I want to be able to, you know, voice that. And, you know, so people feel more comfortable out going out and purchasing a gun and, you know, to protect their family or whatever they have, because it's not only about 
you know, for fun and sport. And it's also people get it for protection because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You never know. If, you know, I got, you know, I got uh, ladies in the house, you know, my daughter and, and junk like that. So I want to be able to hold, you know, hold the house down if, you know, anything pops off. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, yeah. God forbid I never have to, you know, clap nobody, but, you know, you know, you never know in this world. Yeah, it's like anything else. Like it just, it just takes the education yeah. to know about like how to use guns. It's exactly, exactly. It's very vast too. But at the same time, like for example, my um, one of my family members, he actually um, makes YouTube videos explaining like how to use guns and like things that he like oh. recommends, like um, what type of holster you should get for whatever specific gun. Like, yeah, there's actually yeah. not enough in- information with even on youtube so like yeah. if you're gonna po- yeah like just posting a simple youtube video that's four four minutes long that might even be as simple as like the type of holster you should be using for this specific gun that exactly. will get a lot of clicks because people are looking there, for that information there, there actually is a lot of, there's there's a lot of youtube stuff and uh youtube is like shadow banning a lot of um gun enthusiasts and a lot of big gun uh things it's really weird man mm. they're, they're like really trying to crack down on a lot of different gun issues which nobody that's not into this gun world will, will start understanding or until they like dig deep into it but that's why a lot of people are complaining and, and speaking up about it and you know people are uh that it's always the people that have less knowledge about it that always want to speak about how you know what i'm saying no that's not true and you and that's not what it is and it's like that's just like the people who are putting gun laws in order, like have the, the no knowledge about guns. It's crazy. Like they don't learn anything about guns. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, I remember, I forgot who the lady was, forgot her name, but uh, I saw her interview and she was, she's a lawmaker and she was like, yeah, I've held a, 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 a AR-15 and it's about heavy as, it feels like you're carrying a bunch of boxes and it's super heavy. And it's like, lady, what? the what guns what gun did you hold that was like i mean guns there's some guns that are heavy but mm. what are you talking about here like you know what i'm saying like so it's it, it's weird that they they will put the the person with the most less knowledge it's like the forefront let's yeah let's let's take a gym teacher and tell him to go teach history like you know what i'm saying it's like mm. i don't think you studied up on this like are you learning on this so why you know what i'm saying so and and that's the way it is so it it gets very stupid with a lot of gun rules and uh like they just make stuff the atf makes stuff real real weird so yeah man there's the ins and outs like you still you have to be on it and and learn because there's little small stuff that can that can turn you from a legal gun owner to a legal uh, illegal gun owner like a change of a brace to a stock Mm. and you know uh, you having a a pistol uh, instead of a sbr I don't know if I'm going too deep for you, but that's the <laughs> cats that know, you know what I'm saying? They know. So yeah, yeah man, I'm into guns. I like guns. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with being into guns at all. I feel like if anything, yeah. like people who have a platform, like you should honestly try to make YouTube videos about like education, yeah. no matter what it is. Like definitely, it's, definitely it's important. need the knowledge, man. You definitely need the knowledge. And um, I think, you know, somebody has to be out there to, to, to help it. Like, you know, somebody that, you know, and, and I want people that, know me or watch my uh, my uh my youtubes or my my instagram that don't know anything about guns and hopefully i can change their mind or feeling comfortable about owning a gun or why they didn't want to own a gun or why they're afraid of guns or whatever i just want to give people opportunity to hear both sides of the good you know the good on this so 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. So in like 2020, you were actually releasing a lot of music too, and um, you just yeah. recently you released the "Fuck 2020" song as well. Tell yeah. tell me about break yeah. that down for me. Uh, "Fuck 2020" was uh well, not hard to make. I'll just take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just start off by saying that, but uh, uh, "Fuck 2020" uh yeah, it just came about with all um uh 2020 was like I, it was hard for everybody uh i mean a lot of my close friends even myself like i lost a couple family members um mm -hmm. like right that live on opposite sides of me like one lives in this house the other lives in that house like and then and and it was a mother and a daughter too my auntie and my cousin mm -hmm. so it was uh it was a real weird time a lot of shit like it just yeah, everybody i mean 2020 was very weird and um a lot happened and i feel like it was a uh, historical moment for all of us uh, of fucking horrible times <laughs> like uh, so I mean again it wasn't very hard to make it was kind of just what came out at the time and um, yeah man it, fuck 2020 uh, shit <laughs> what more can I say about that it was it speaks for itself it was horrible your music video is pretty dope though thank you <laughs> I like the news footage and all that shit that was crazy thank you thank you um yeah, man, I, I I just like even when I watch that, man, it, it makes me feel some certain way, like a little emotional. Like you see all the the the, the shit that went wrong that year. Um, hmm. um, and like, yeah, that's what I wanted to get across. I wanted to get that that feeling of um, shout out my guy, Tim Slew, um, who uh, shoots my video. He's fucking fucking dope. And to be able to capture all that and that feeling in there was was extra filthy. So I appreciate him um, for even putting uh, the images to uh to that song because i mean it, it it made me feel a certain way even when i watched it it was like shit yeah fuck there was a lot that went down and you know yeah so oh, yeah. boom so what did you learn about yourself like what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself during this whole 2020 experience for you the biggest thing i learned about myself is uh shit i was built for this fucking uh staying at home shit <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> I built my area anyway. I was like, man, ooh, what? We don't have, we don't have to go. I mean, cause before like, you know, um, the pandemic, you know, uh, me and Casey were throwing parties and shit like that. So, you know, we'd always like, it'd be like work and then you come home and have some time with my dogs and, you know, my kid and shit like that or, or whatever. And, um, you know, it's time with family. And then it's like, Oh, we gotta go to a party tonight and gotta go in there and smile and, you know, whatever. Uh, get drunk and then be like, why did I spend this money last night? I don't know why I did. Uh, but it was a lot less than that, and you know, kind of gave me time to uh, figure out, like, just kind of be a person for a second and be like, man, what you know, what what do I really want to do, or what am I happy with, or what am I not happy with? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what what means a lot to to me? And I felt like, again, I, I laid everything out on the table and was like, you know, I'm. I'm kind of, I'm content where I'm at. Uh, I like what I'm doing. If I can keep making music, that's, that's good. That's like my, my passion. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an iron worker, like I'm a journeyman iron worker. So I love my job and, you know, uh, learning more. Like I got, you know, I, I, like right now I'm working on the key arena, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that in, it, in its own is an experience. So like I've just been through so many tight experiences. Like it just keeps getting better. Like, this is all different random stuff that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So uh, some, sometimes I just feel like a little kid that just gets to see a lot of different shit. And it's like, wow, oh shit. Yeah. This is dope. This is dope. Like, you know, I'm not stuck in like, I need to just be focused on music. And if this is not music, then, you know, 
this and that life, but this is all part of life. Like I make music off of life experiences and I'm getting to experience life. So mm-hmm. I've, I've learned, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned, you know, I've learned that about myself that I'm just very comfortable with where I'm at. And, um, just to keep my feet moving, just keep it moving, man. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if nobody's listening, just keep moving. Cause, uh, somebody might not hear a song you make tomorrow, but it could be a year from now and somebody's gonna hit you up about that song. Like and, you know, it resonates with people different times or, um, shit different parts of their life like you know I, I got people that still hit me up about i just wanna like how much that song is like man you know i, I just wanna still bumping that shit like it's like damn great i made that i wrote that in 2010 and you know put it out in 2012 so crazy it's it's crazy i'm content with that man you know they'll they'll find a way somehow shit they might not like my music for another 10 years but yeah you hey yeah you definitely got accomplishments under your belt, though. Like Spotify, you got a few songs over with them over a million views. Like that's yeah, man. I mean, hell yeah. and I take all those like I I don't take all those like for granted. Like I appreciate all this. I don't have like you got to understand. There's so much music out here. Like you don't have to. Nobody has to listen to your music. It's like it's not. You are a one out of you're a needle in a haystack like out here because everybody. You got to think about it. everybody makes music. Everybody does some sort of something like that. So for it to be even be recognized or you know get heard i appreciate everybody that supports and listens to my stuff or has and you know are, still continues to listen like i appreciate all that like because at the same time you don't have to do any of that mm. nothing there's so much selection of music and nowadays it's not like we're focused on just uh the radio like you know what i'm saying some people get to listen to the radio but some people don't people just want shit on demand we're on demand culture so stuff is just very that's what I want to listen to now. Like I need to, you know, so I appreciate everybody. I appreciate it all. All the experience I get, I appreciate it. I just, you know, I add it to my bag of cool stuff that I've done. Just like, this is cool. <laughs> I'm a regular ass person. I don't care. This shit's cool to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So tell me more about your job. Like, how'd you get into that? Uh, the real reason. How I got into okay. So <laughs> how I got into ironworking. <laughs> back in the day okay so uh i've been doing i've been an iron worker for about uh, about eight or nine years wow um yeah so i got into it actually i was you know i was kind of in trouble and doing some shit i shouldn't have been doing i got caught up with some charges and shit mm. and uh i got into um i got to a, a trade uh learning program and then it, like it took you to all the trades and got to see like this and this and this and iron working was like you know it was like the the elite like you know badass motherfuckers work iron workers like you know you get a lot of respect out there these cats be doing some hard ass shit so i was like man nah, let me try this out like you know it's hard it was it's definitely hard hard work and you have to have the mind to do it um but yeah that's how i got into it and later to find out one of my older cousins was an iron worker and i'm like I, I don't even know he was an ironworker. How, how did I not know this? But um, yeah, man, they're they're like you know, it's, they you have done uh, they have done done a lot in different cities. Like, and it's cool to go around and see bridges that I've been a part of in a lot of uh, these buildings that I've built and going around the city wow. and be like, I ain't in that project. I can literally say I built the city. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. Um, like the, you know, the being a part of the viaduct. Um, there's a couple of bridges that we built. The whole bridges over um, 
by Seattle Center and shit. Like I've literally put in work wow. throughout the whole city while putting in work in the city. Like it's crazy. So like all these experiences, like yes. that's what I'm saying. Like I get two different kind of experiences that are like dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's how I got an iron working though, but I've been doing it ever since. And um the reason why I even got a trade too is because uh I have to have some way to fund what I'm doing and uh music wise and life wise you know what i'm saying a lot of people think uh uh you can just live off music and you might can you might be that person that got viral and, and, and is able to just make stuff work but uh in real life for other people man it doesn't move as fast as you want it to um mm-hmm. that's what i had to learn earlier that you know it's not going to be a quick paycheck for you you have you're going to work for it and you're going to you know you're going to gain some shit from it but don't just put all your eggs in that basket, man. Just it's producers, you know. camera guys, engineers. Yeah. Oh yeah, venues, oh. Yes. cover art. Yeah, so many cover different art. things. What you're wearing, like you know what I'm saying? All that shit. You know what I'm saying? It costs. It costs to do everything. Like you know, I'd lucky I have a, a, a tight engineer in New York, and um, that I grew up with. Um, shout out Blue, um, and even. Uh, uh, my engineer in town, shout out Milo. Um, uh, yeah, man, it's like, yeah, you gotta, like, you gotta give uh, a, a real uh, big uh, hand to your your engineers and 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 your uh, producers because that's that's what they're another part of that. It's not just you know the the rapper or the singer; it's the producers and the engineers that that get the shit sounding right. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So yeah, sir. I have never like. I don't know, like how personal or not it is. I have no idea, like how you and Casey are actually connected. Like I am, um, like I always see you guys together, like whether it's posts, people yeah. always connect you to. Like, are you? I have no idea, like <laughs> how you guys are. <laughs> so Casey's my fiance. Okay. Uh, and we like, yeah. So <laughs> like before, um, uh, before like it, it. I mean, we we knew each other before all this, and we actually even dated before that, but. Um, she had her path when she was doing her her music stuff and interviews and, and I was just doing my music and we didn't meet up and again until like I think my first project and you know we just kept it cool and I mean you know we were together but we always you know we didn't we, we just kept it kept it low man you, you know we don't want everybody in our business like that but um, yeah she's also you know my partner in crime and shit too you know we we, we do a lot of business and she has a lot of hand in in, in uh, uh, moves I make, so yeah, it was just it it worked out like that. Hell yeah! It was just you know, not it, you know, business partners and it's my lady. There you go, man. I just I had no idea. I was like, yeah, all you see these guys. So are they dating? What's going on? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. People would not know, and they, they didn't know how to. They're like, so I, like I see, but I, you know, it's <laughs> that same thing. They just be like. Yeah, and we all played off. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> either way, not answering. <laughs> yeah, either way, it seems like you guys form a good team. So that's that's awesome as fuck. Yeah, man. It, it, you all, man. Again, you need a team in this in this game, man. It's not, um, um, it's not uh, a solo uh, act. It's always, you know, you need uh, a couple heads in the game to to really. Uh, make shit come true um and all these all everything that we have done is all been idea that we just run with 
Like, you know, people think that, you know, we just start out with shit and it just comes together. Like, we really just be winging shit and be like, hey, let's try this. I think, you know, this is real life. Let's try this dope idea. Bitch, I'm hungry. Oh, shit. This is fucking incredible. Let's keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. And, and Case is very creative. So, um, going back and forth with her ideas and her just throwing out ideas, just, you know, it works. Yes, sir. And we just create the fucking monster. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is some advice that you have for up and coming artists, curators, influencers? Um, what advice I have for creators and influencers? Um, don't be afraid. Uh, don't be afraid to to push your push your product. Don't be afraid to be you. Uh, don't think that when you have an idea that you need to prove to people um, that it's worthy. Like your idea starts with you and you make everybody a believer. And everybody just believes in everything. Nobody believed in me even making music. Uh, and like, look what I'm have created out of that. So you have to, you have to make everybody else a believer. Just, you know, always keep your feet feet moving you know what i'm saying you just always want to constantly keep moving even i mean i say artists even when you you have that that wall uh you just keep digging man just keep trying to break that wall down you know give yourself time and space or whatever your 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 uh your creative energy is but don't force anything and keep your feet moving again you make everybody a believer. You know what I'm saying? You got to believe it yourself to make everybody else believe it. And once they do, hey, the world is yours. Yes, sir. Yeah. And what is the easiest way for people to reach you? Uh, you can holler on, on my Instagram, at uh, JarvD, Twitter, at JarvD, JarvD at Gmail. If you want to get at me there, send me beats or whatever. Um, everywhere, the name ain't hard is at JarvD. Hell yeah. Two E. Yeah. Two D. E. There we go. Yeah. Well, this is the NAS podcast with Jarb D.